Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Jack, how you doing? How are you? Fantastic, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Of course, man. It's a, it's a pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you for having me. Are you in Ohio right now? I'm currently in Cleveland. Unfortunately, man, it's snowing over here. It's winter. It's not the ideal time you want to be in Ohio, but I'm here for, I'm here during this time. Yeah. It's not what the background says, man. Look at- I know, right? Good. It's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty nice uh, virtual background I got back over here. So how often do you head out to Scottsdale then? Because that's where we're located. I know, obviously, you work with people first out here. Yeah, so actually, so I started my career here in Cleveland uh, with American Income. Then I transferred down to Arizona um, in 2020. So yeah, 2020. So I was actually living down in Arizona for about a year and a half. And I had to come home because I had a family emergency. Mom's a little sick right now. So had to come back to help out. Um, thank God for virtual so I don't have to physically be there. So I could be here. I could be anywhere. And honestly, just continue to do my job. I mean, that's smart, man. I, I think there were like that select few people that looked at like Zoom calls and everything and figured out like, oh, shit, like we do everything just virtually now, exactly. especially in like your line of work. And I just got my insurance license, just got put on a, a people first agency with David and everybody. So don't be nice. shocked okay. by uh, pick your brain a little bit, even after this, oh, yeah. you know, just for some advice. Um, because again, like it's very, very, very cool and inspirational to see you guys like all come together because it seems like such a great culture and great atmosphere, uh, not only at people first, but also American income life. Yeah, man. I mean, this company has changed my life to say the least. And, um, I was part of a different agency before and, um, you know, there was a lot of great things over there, but certainly I love the culture of people first a lot more. So I guess just to get right into it, I don't want to take too much of your time, and I probably won't, but we'll see. Um, you started out, um, like, what, what, what kind of piqued your interest when it came to 
the insurance game? Because I saw that you got a degree in physical therapy and as a therapist too at a school. Like what, what kind of, what was like your first ever like dream goal, you know, as a kid growing up in Cleveland? Honestly, so, so I was born and raised in Europe, right? So I'm, I moved to Cleveland when I was 10. And um, you know what? I, I always loved sports. I always loved fitness. And I just love being active and more importantly, helping people. So that's the reason why I picked the physical therapy route. Now, I always knew I, I was like a people's person. So I felt like what, what fulfilled me most was obviously serving people, but I also enjoyed like talking to people. As I was doing uh, physical therapy school, I noticed that obviously the field wasn't really what I was uh, expecting. So it was actually my clinical instructor that told me, talent, like you should probably try to get into sales, like medical sales, right? And for me, I'm like, man, like I'd love to, but my biggest fear was always public speaking. I just freaking hated it. But I've also learned over time, like obviously whatever scares you the most typically happens to be like your biggest blessing. So for me, I kind of made my mind up during school, during my clinicals that, hey, you know what? I'm going to finish school, but this isn't uh, the route for me. And when I do finish school, I'm going to try to get in a sales shop. So I flew out to Europe the day after my boards and I was sitting on a beach in Italy and I was kind of sitting back and I'm like, man, I like this lifestyle. I like being able to travel when I want, you know, wherever I want, not having to obviously request time off. Like I like to be in control of my time and honestly do as I please. And I made my decision right there and then that when I did come back to the States, I was going to look for a sales job, right? Now, insurance wasn't really what I was thinking. Um, but a friend of mine obviously brought me in and he told me, hey, man, just give it a try. I feel like you'd be really good at it. If you don't like it, worst case scenario, you could always go back to physical therapy. So I started with AIL and I just loved everything about it. I loved the challenges, but more importantly, I loved the person I was becoming. So I just stuck with it. Uh, got promoted pretty quickly, had success early on, and I just never looked back. I mean, who doesn't want to be free and doing whatever the hell they want, right? And like, obviously, yep. you guys have proved that over the past five, six, seven years. How, what were some of the, like, the early learning curves for you, like getting into it, something completely different out of your zone and what you studied and what you thought you were going to end up doing? 100%. So the, the biggest challenge with, with uh, business, with sales, with 100% commission, more importantly, is that nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to go to work. You don't have to get up. You don't have to make dials. You don't have to meet with clients, right? So that can make you very lazy. And honestly, that could be a reason as to why you won't succeed because you know you don't have to do these things. So you got to have discipline. You have to be self-motivated. You got to have some goals. You got to have a why, more importantly. There has to be a purpose behind your work. So, you, so that was the biggest challenge is honestly just choosing to do the work when I knew that, that I didn't have to do the work, right? So staying motivated internally and continuing to show up, obviously, when things weren't going my way. Because in sales, man, like, this business is bipolar, but you can't be, right? Because you're going to have your good days, you're going to have your bad days, right? But you can't get too high on your highs, you can't get too low on your lows. You just got to continue to show up day after day. And thank God I had amazing mentors that paved the way for me because that helped me a lot. It kept me on track. Did you go in with the expectation that it was going to be difficult? Like, everybody says going into it, like, if, if you're in this to get into a rich or get rich scheme, you know, fast, like a get rich fast scheme, it's not going to work out for you. Like this isn't for you. Like you're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the effort. You talk about the discipline, like you're going to, you're the one that has to pick up the phone or connect on a zoom call right here and actually talk to these people, convince these families that this is the right move for them. Uh, how, how many calls were you making like initially when you first started like each day? Usually about 200 to $250 a day. 
Right. And I knew, I, Jack, I knew right away, man, it wasn't going to be easy. So I, I bought into the fact that, hey, you know what? It's not going to come right away. It's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. I bought into that fact that, hey, this is going to take time. I'm not going to be really good in the beginning. I'm going to have to continue to show up, sharpen up my skills, sharpen up my, my tools, and just continue improving my mindset and my skill set as I do these things, as I improve my mindset and my skill set, and as I continue to get in front of people and just do the work, over time, like compound effect, right? You're just going to continue to get 1% better every single day. Eventually, that's going to lead to massive growth. And that's what it was. The proof was there though, right? And I heard early on from my mentors like, hey, listen, this is a get rich for sure, but not a get rich quick. So I'm like, hey, that's enough for me, right? Like an athlete, LeBron didn't become LeBron overnight. Kobe did not become Kobe overnight. Jordan did not become Jordan overnight. It takes time, man, right? A CEO is not planted at the top of a mountain. You have to go through certain trials and tribulations and a lot of time, a lot of failure. And as you do these things, you just get stronger, you get wiser, you get better. And as your skill set improves and grows and your mindset grows, eventually, so does your career, you grow professionally. Obviously, you grow personally, more importantly. Therefore, you're going to grow financially as well. I mean, do you feel like you, I don't use the word fail every day, but like have an experience was just like, all right, that didn't work out, but I learned from it even now. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it was just all lessons. It was all lessons for me. I just, I just bought into the fact that, Hey, I got to grab the bull by the horn. Things are not going to go my way more often. They're not, you know what? We're, we're in a failing business over here. Seven out of 10 people are going to tell you no, right? Seven out of 10 people that you're going to talk to are going to tell you no. And the average person still makes well over six figures. So for me, I'm like, that's fine. Tell me no seven out of 10 times. If you're telling me I'm going to make over $100,000 starting off, that's a great start. As I got better, four out, of, four out of 10 said no, right? Then five out of, uh, I'm sorry, said yes. And five out of 10 said yes. And six out of 10 said yes. And seven out of 10 said yes versus saying no. And as these things happen, my income just started multiplying. And from there, everything else, you know, took care of itself. Man, I mean, again, $100,000 to start out, that's not bad for anyone at any level. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. You know what? You just got to have tough skin. You got to continue to show up. You got to believe in yourself, have great mentors, and be very intentional with your personal development. Yeah, I mean, you were you in a situation when you first started out where it was like, okay, like I want to have a better living for myself, but did you have specific like goals or projects in mind that you wanted to accomplish? Like, not to say like your back was against the wall, but like obviously there was something different for you to think differently and be disciplined enough to say, like, I'm going to accomplish this no matter how much shit gets thrown at me. Certainly, man. I mean, there's two ways you can look at life, right? You can look at your parents. You can, you can look at your environment. You can say, hey, these are the things that I don't want out of life, right? And that could be, like, what motivates you to go out there and create a different lifestyle. Or you can obviously say, hey, I have goals. I want to live in this type of house. I want to drive this type of car. I want to take care of my parents, right? So you do have, you got to have a vision and you got to have the end goal in mind when you start off. You got to have like a picture and a vision for what you want your wife, your life, your wife, your house, your family to look like, right? And as you see these things, then you got to create a plan of action, right? And then you got to commit to it. You got to have that why, right? So your why could be, I want to take care of my parents. It could be, I don't want this type of lifestyle that I saw my parents live. It could be that I want to drive this type of car, live in this type of neighborhood, uh, donate money, right? Be a philanthropist, whatever that may be. You got to have a why, you got to have a purpose, you got to have a vision, you got to have a goal, because that's what's going to fuel you and push you and pull you through the challenges and the adversity, the adversity that you're going to face. Honestly, not just in business, but in life, 
I look at business like I look at life, right? Life is not easy, man. Not every day do I wake up motivated. Not every day do I wake up feeling like I want to take on the world, right? A lot of days I don't feel like I want to get out of bed. I, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go to work. But because I don't want to, that doesn't mean I'm going to choose not to. You still got to get your ass up and get out of bed and go to work, right? So business is the same way. Things are not always going to go your way, but you got to continue to show up. You got to continue to obviously persevere and continue to push forward. Yeah, I mean, it's like that David Goggins quote was like his inner bitch that tells you like, you don't want to wake up in the morning, you're too comfortable. But like as soon as you're, you get going and you start being that disciplined SOB to do stuff, you're like, oh, thank God I did this today because now it's like I'm going to be at a an entirely different level than where I thought I was going to be when I woke up this morning. So was there like a specific, you know, like bad experience that you had that made you think like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Or was it literally just like, I, I think I could provide a better life for myself. Just provide a better life than what my parents provided me with. And they gave me everything I, I could ever ask for. For me, I was just so self-motivated because being an immigrant and seeing what my parents had to go through, immigrating from Albania to Greece, right? From Greece and immigrating to the, to the States. To me, man, just the sacrifices that they made their whole life just to give me an opportunity and just to give me a chance, right? To create a better life for myself. That's always been my fuel to my fire. It's just my family. It's my parents and everything that they've done for me. So for me, I feel like, hey, you know what? My parents have won above and beyond to give me this life and I want to pay it forward to them and just go out there and be even bigger and better and make them proud and just create a legacy for our family and for my future family that's going to come after me as well. Yeah, I mean, almost giving back. Like, that's probably the, one of the strongest whys you could have, you could say. And you probably agree to that testament because now you're like, okay, no matter what, like, if I don't want to get out of bed today, like, that's going to take away time and energy and opportunity and opportunity to provide back for my parents, for my mother, for my father, you know, like, to provide that legacy for your family. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. See my, see my parents, you know, grow up like making minimum wage, right? We moved to the States over here. My dad or my mom was washing dishes, making like seven bucks an hour, right? My dad was a, he's a welder. My mom was an electrical worker. So for them to leave their careers, to come over here and get, you know, a dishwasher job and, and get like a, my mom was working at a deli, making $7 an hour at the time back in 01. So for me, I'm like, man, like the sacrifices that they constantly continue to make and continue to go to work and never take a day off, even though they only make seven bucks an hour at that time to never call off work, to never call off sick. Right. To me, I'm just like the sacrifices that they continue to make for my brother and I to put food on the table for us to go to college, for us to go to school. Like I owe them the world in return. So that has always fueled me and that continues to fuel me to this day. Man, oh man. I mean, how, how much do you use your own personal experiences when you're on calls with certain families, when they're telling you about their specific situation and why, uh, you know, they're a specific lead, you know, like you're obviously trying to help these families, help these communities. But do you ever use like personal experience that you had to at very least sympathize with these families in order to get them to be like, I trust this guy. I, tr I trust Talon. I like what he's telling me right here. Certainly. I mean, the thing with me, I'm, I'm very blunt and direct and, you know, I consider myself to be a very honest person. Thankfully, I haven't had an experience where I've lost uh, someone very close to me yet. Right. Other than like a grandparent. So speaking of financial services and life insurance, I haven't been able to relate as far as that aspect goes, but I've sat with so many clients throughout my career 
where I've heard stories from clients and I've had to process claims uh, of families that I've sat with and, and vividly remember having conversations within their living room or on Zoom and then having to process these claims and getting a phone call two months later after being in their home. I do share those stories with clients just so they can understand that, hey, you know what? Things may be, you know, nice and well right now, but tomorrow your life can literally, in a, in a, in a blink of an eye, snap of a finger, it can literally flip upside down. Mm, wow. I mean, that is definitely that is definitely a perspective that you have to have, whether on either side, with them obviously coming to you guys and then you obviously trying to uh, connect with them on that level. I mean, do you think that... Um, like, what do you think made you specifically? Because uh, there's been a lot of people that have their own stories that are very successful in this line of work, but you were breaking records, you know, not right out of the bat, but like pretty close near it, right? Like, what do you think made you different among the rest? What what kind of made your brain tick in a way that other people weren't connecting with um, those families? First and foremost, like, uh, for me, like, I bought in, right? I made an agreement to myself, like, hey, you are going to commit yourself to this 110%. No excuses, number one. Number two, I had to have a vision, something that I was, or that, that I was playing for, right? Then, obviously, like a burning desire. Like, like, I have to want this for myself more than my mentors or my family or anybody else is going to want it for me, right? From there, the biggest thing I would say is attitude and coachability. My attitude, I, I knew, Jack, that, hey, you know what? I'm going to have a lot of bad days, but I can't let that change how I think and how I feel and how I view this business because, again, I made a commitment. I understood and made a promise to myself that, hey, you know what? It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. So when these things start to happen, when you start to face these challenges and these obstacles, you can't quit. This is part of the journey, right? So I knew that. And then from there, I knew also that, hey, for me to get from – here to here, I had to be coachable. I had to be teachable and I had to be coachable. I had to drop my ego and my pride and literally be a student. So as I did these, as, as I did these things, the more, the, the, the more I listened, the more I implemented, right? The more I studied, the better I became, right? The more I practiced, the better I became. So it was just about like an athlete, just committing to the work, being disciplined on your schedule, right? committing yourself to what you know you need to do to get better and improve and always being coachable, always being teachable, always having a good attitude and always focusing on growth. And I focus on these things daily, whether it was, you know, reading a book, listening to a podcast, working on my spiritual muscle, working on my physical uh, body, right? Working on my mental uh, muscle, like a mental callus, like David Goggins always says, right? Work on your, on your mindset. You got to build that mental callus. You got to build that spiritual muscle, right? Mind, body, spirit. Do these things daily, right? Commit to the work, become a student, and become so freaking good at it that you can teach it one day. That was my mindset the whole time. That one day I'm going to be in a driver's seat, and I'm going to be teaching this just like my mentors are teaching me right now. Who would you say was the, uh, the first big mentor that you had that you worked with specifically, you know, like all like podcasts and, you know, public figures aside, but who was the first big mentor that you worked with that really opened your eyes to this? I mean, I would say, you know, in this business, I've had a lot. I've had a lot. Starting my career in Cleveland, I've had, you know, some of the best mentors I can ask for, for leadership and for sales. So I can't 
pinpoint one specific person. I feel like there's been so many people that have, that have been instrumental to my growth and that have obviously shaped me into the person that I am today. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many, I know you recently uh, met Jordan Belford. He, I had him on this show like two years ago just to talk of pick his brain about sales, but meeting him in person has got to be something completely different. Was that for an event or was it just, you know, right place, right time? That was right place, right time. And shout out to my boy DC. You know, he had a, uh, he had, he had a podcast scheduled with him. So we, we rolled up to, to Jordan Belford's house in, uh, in Beverly Hills on top of the hills over there. Um, and, uh, it was a surreal moment. Cause I'm like, man, I remember, you know, watching Wolf of Wall Street and I'm like, damn, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, this guy's a legend. And then just walking into his house, meeting his assistant, um, seeing his big canvas on a wall of him, you know, and, and all these things. And I'm like, is it really him though? Am I really going to see him? And then I hear him in the over in the other room doing a podcast. So I'm like, I hear his voice and this guy's sharp, man. The moment he walks in. He introduces himself, right? He, 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 he gives me his hand. The very first thing he does, he sizes me up and literally looks at me from my toes to my head. It literally just kind of just trying to figure me out, my body language, how I look. He just examined me. And you could just tell at that point, I'm like, all right, this guy's legit. Like, obviously, uh, I, I listened to him negotiate a deal on the phone, just the way he communicates, his tonality, the way he uh, changes the 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 tone of his voice to to emphasize a certain word or a certain meaning and just the way he negotiate the choice of words being so assertive so assumptive controlling and everything that he does i'm like this guy's a legend man this guy's a freaking legend i'm always gonna remember that day for the rest of my life was that intimidating when he was sizing you up that's gotta be that's gotta oh. be a weird moment I loved it because I'm like I, again I'm like hey like whatever he does I'm just I'm I was sizing him up so I can learn from him Right. So I loved it. I'm like, man, just, I just, I just love the way he, he carries himself for me. I'm like, okay, whatever he's doing with me, this is what I need to be doing with people that I meet. Man. So for me, like actually just, I'm just like learning. I'm just learning and learning and learning. Uh, I mean, that's the best part about everything, seeking new knowledge on a daily basis. Do you, do you have any current, um, I guess you can call them proteges yet that are looking up to you and that obviously you have teams that you work with, but are there people that have, gone above and beyond and exceeded your expectations on your teams? Certainly, certainly. I, I have a lot of uh, friends. My older brother as well is in the business as well. Um, a lot of these guys that obviously uh, look up to me, listen, and, and, and do what they're supposed to do. Um, it's such a fulfilling way to live life, man. <laughs> it's nice. Excuse me. It's nice when you do well, but when you can change somebody's life for the better, that's like the most fulfilling way to live life, right? Through the service of other people. So seeing that and having that impact on my team and other people in this industry, just like my mentors had on me, is definitely um, an amazing feeling to say the least. I mean, whenever, like, first of all, it is fulfilling helping other people. That's probably one of the more genuine, great feelings in the world. But when everybody's eating, when everybody's getting food on the table, everyone's growing at the end of the day. Like if you're just doing it for yourself, like you could get to a certain level, but at the same time, it's not going to feel great at the end of the day. And you're not going to be, you're, you're limiting yourself. You don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. How, 100%. how, um, how early on did you figure out that it was about, you know, giving other people and setting everybody else up for success that was ultimately going to lead to everyone at the table to have success? I, I mean, I, I learned that early on. Um, I kind of always had a feeling like growing up, my, my biggest thing I would say, like my confidence, 
comes from my faith, I would say, right? My confidence comes from my faith. And obviously my preparation, right? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So com my confidence comes from proper planning and my faith, right? And uh, however, at the same time, um, w when you look at life, when you look at like a lot of successful people, no matter what field they're in, uh, you can certainly see uh, that, you know what, if you help people get what they want, you automatically get what you want, right? If you help people just get what they want, you're going to automatically get what you want. So my goal has always been to let me do what's best for you and let me put you in a position to where you're going to succeed and crush all your freaking goals. And as I do these things and put my team in the best position possible to grow, right? Mentally, physically, spiritually, professionally, personally, and financially, I'm going to automatically crush my goals. So I never make it about me. I was making about my team and my people and helping them achieve their goals and whatever it is that they want for themselves. So what are some of those goals for you and maybe some of your team members? Because now that you, you know, obviously you're reaching for higher levels, obviously, and you, you, you don't have a ton of time on your hands, but you've traveled a lot. You know, you've gotten to get to that point spiritually, physically. Obviously, you have the time to eat. You got the time to work out. You got the time to set those mentals straight, right? But like, what are some of those personal um, goals that you have in mind now? Like, has anything piqued your interest now that you kind of have, again, the, the mindset to achieve anything you want and the finances? I mean, I have a lot of goals. I have financial goals, personal goals, um, you know, health and wellness goals, uh, business goals. As far as business goes, I mean, I am going to be the CEO of the company. Um, sooner than later. I am going to be a partner with DC, with our mentor, Dustin Vinicamp. Um, I want to obviously get married. I want to have multiple kids, live in a beautiful home, Oceanside or, or in Florida next to the, next to the sea. Um, you know, I travel the world, have multiple homes. These are all goals that I have, like long-term goals. As far as the business goes, I'm always going to keep it simple. I'm always going to keep it very simple. My plan has always been and always will be to help people get what they what they want. And as I do these things, I'm going to automatically get what I want. That's it. It's simple. I make it about them every single time. I never make it about me. Wow. I mean, well said, man. And the fact that you your, your goals are more, your, your long-term goals are more implemented towards family stuff is great. How, how old are you? I'm 30. I'm actually going to be 31 January 12th. So in five days. Wow. Congrats, man. Congrats. Thank you, man. Um, I guess, what am I? I just turned 23. So I asked two years on me. Uh, stud, you're young. You know what? You're starting the business now. I started the business when I turned 27. So I've been here, you know, five years, you could say. And the beautiful thing about our company is that once you do 10 years with American income, you are fully vested for the rest of your life. So you can literally retire. The day after your 10th, obviously, year anniversary, and you are going to receive lifetime residuals for the rest of your life. Now, listen to this. You pass away, right? Your wife or whoever you leave responsible is going to inherit your residuals for the rest of their life. So once I pass away, my wife is going to continue to receive my residuals. And once my wife passes away, our kids are going to receive our residuals for the rest of their life. And it continues to pass down. So... I mean, I'm, I don't plan on retiring when I'm 36, 37, but to have that option, man, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just, you know what? They don't make it like this anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't found a business, a better business 
yet, and I don't think I ever will. I love this company. It's changed my life. Honestly, you, you get to a point where it's like, I could retire, but like, what's the point? I'm just going to be sitting around doing what? Like, I may as well continue to do what I love. Exactly. Dude. You got to keep your mind sharp. You got to continue to work. You got to continue to pave the way for other people. And you got to continue to create for others like, you know, someone else created for you. You got to give back what someone gave to you. I remember uh, Rocky, the hiring manager, told me about that 10-year residuals. I'm just like, like, if that doesn't motivate you, what the hell is going to motivate you, right? And then to be surrounded by such a great team too, like, how, like, was it that off the bat or did you kind of have to build that culture within not only your teams, but the entire organization with DC and uh, Dustin? I mean, certainly the, the pieces were there, right? So I started off in Cleveland and uh, Cleveland was dynamic, amazing, right? Um, I had amazing mentors in Cleveland, Ohio. And then, but the weather, man, I couldn't stay here anymore. I freaking couldn't stay here anymore. I'm like, I am not living in Cleveland. Not, no, I'm not, I'm not going through one, another winter ever again. Right. So then I decided to move to Arizona. And a big reason why I did move to Arizona was because of Dustin Vinnikamp. Right. I, he was uh, obviously uh, suggested to me by my mentors. So to me, it was an easy decision. This, you know, the sun is out every day. It's warm. It's beautiful. And there's a great mentor down there. And then when I went down there, that's when I met DC as well. And DC is a leader amongst leaders. So the pieces are there, right? The pieces are there with Dustin and DC and other great leaders that we have an agency. And they're from there. Obviously, you got to create your own culture for your own organization and just continue to make the agency better. As we do that, we're going to continue to grow, multiply, and take over the world, baby. That's what we're going to do. Do you obviously built probably a ton of great friendships as well as, you know, business partnerships, relationships with coworkers, employees, people on your team. What would you say has been the greatest experience, you know, obviously seeing people succeed at the level that they want to and accomplish their goals, but just as a collective unit, like on some of these trips that you guys do. The, like the greatest thing that I've seen out, out of these trips. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Man, it's just the camaraderie. It's the culture. It's the people coming from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And honestly, everyone came in for the same goal to change your life for the better, to help people. And as you do these things and as you meet these people, you're going to meet people who that if you prejudge based on the way they look, the way they speak, the way they dress, you would think that you don't have anything in common. But as you get to know them, you're like, whoa, this is like another version of myself. And you're going to meet people in life, especially in this company that you might have known for a year or two that are going to want more for you than people you've known your whole life. Right. So as you meet these people, it's like you align with the right individuals that you want to attract in your life. Right. People that want better things for you, people that want to grow you, people that want to help you, people that want to serve you, right? And as you do these things and you meet these people, you grow a great community with one another. Man, I mean, you're surrounding yourself with an entire group that not only wants to knock on a door, but wants to kick them down. Like that, that's the mentality that you got to have in those people that you surround yourself. Like that's just awesome and inspirational in itself. Like I know like there's obviously, you know, Zoom meetings every week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from what I've seen, uh, there's opportunities with speakers getting to gain more knowledge on this stuff. But are there like specific, like you talked about podcasts and books and certain planning methods that you use in order to conquer your day and everything that you're doing? Are there specific things that you teach um, your team when it comes to certain podcasts to listen to, certain books that you would recommend? Certainly. So, well, you know, what my mentors taught me early on is uh, a very simple morning routine 
mind, body, spirit, right? So every morning they said, Talant, you need to focus on, on three areas, right? Number one, you want to develop your mindset. So you want to read leadership books. You want to read personal development books, listen to podcasts, take notes, right? Number two, body, right? Get in the gym. If you don't like the gym, go outside, right? Go run, go jog, do some plyometrics, but get your body moving and strengthen your body. Because as you do this, you're doing this, not to only strengthen your body, but to also strengthen your mind, right? As you train and as you work out, you release endorphins, right? In your brain, the, the, the feel good hormone that has a lot to do with the way you perform in business, right? So strengthen your body because as you do that, you're going to strengthen your mindset as well. And then spirit, man, for me, I've been spiritual my whole life. So for me, like, listen, no matter if you believe in God or not, when we all face tough times in life and adversity, we all call on God, regardless of our beliefs. It's kind of funny, right? Because in this business and more importantly in life, man, you're going to be tested. You're going to go through some tough, tough times. So you need to strengthen that spiritual muscle so you can have faith, right? Because there's only two ways you could go about it. You could either believe and have faith, or you can worry about everything that hits you in life. For me, I'm going to choose to have faith and believe because that's going to push me and pull me through the, all the tough times versus worrying about every little thing that comes my way. So as I strengthen my mind every morning, my body every morning, and my spirit every morning, I'm basically putting on my armor to attack the day. I'm not going to let that day attack me. I'm going to attack the day right? And as adversity hits me, and as obstacles hit me, and as challenges hit me, I'm ready to challenge them myself and take them on and attack them myself mentally, physically, spiritually, because I've worked on myself. Mm. And that's the same exact thing that I preach on my team. Work on yourself personally, professionally, right? Mind, mindset, body, spirit, so you could grow yourself. Because as you grow yourself, your business will grow itself as well. It's just a byproduct. What do you think would be the biggest piece of advice that you give yourself from like high school or college before you got into this line of work when it comes to all of the stuff that you just said? Make more mistakes, learn more, right? And I, I wish I would have maybe gotten, you know, taken like an acting class. I wish I would have read more books early on. I wish I would have played more sports, uh, taken more risks, right? Because the greatest teacher in life is experience. So that would be, like, you know, my, my, my biggest advice to my younger self is go out there, experience more, challenge yourself more, make yourself uncomfortable, because as you do these things, you're only going to gain more wisdom and more knowledge. Would you say that that's like the biggest hack? Like, this will be the last thing I ask. I don't want to take too much of your time, but you have, you know, obviously all of these different elements, all of these different ways in order to help your team, help anybody that's getting into this line of work, whether it be with People First, American Income Life, wherever they're at, right? Um, what, what would you say is like the biggest uh, act for someone who's just starting out, like someone who's just, you know, just barely, you know, taking their exam right off the bat or people that are, you know, going eight for 10 and knows when it comes to their sales calls right off the bat, you know, like you talk about the discipline and failing more like failure is inevitable, right? Like you have to fail in order to succeed one day. That's how you learn. That's how you gain the experience. But what would you say, obviously with your experience and what you've been able to do in just a short period of time is the biggest difference between, you know, this is how an average person would do it. And this is how we do it. And this is why it's working for us. Honestly, man, it's, it's, it's a boring answer I'm going to give you, right? 
but like put in the freaking work. Yep. Put in the freaking work. Um, I think people underestimate. No, I don't think I know. People underestimate the amount of work that it takes to become great at something. But they also overestimate the amount of time that it takes to get there. So the only reason why I excelled quickly and why I grew so quickly is because I was putting in more time and more effort than the person that had better communication skills than me, the person that might have had better sales skills than me, the person that I might have read books, more books than me at the time. I just put in more time. I put in more effort. And eventually that just caught up to everyone else that was there at the same level as me or even better than me, right? And as I put in more time and more effort, I just naturally got better. So my biggest advice to anyone is get into a sales position, number one, because at the end of the day, Jack, you know, life is sales. You know, you got to sell your girlfriend on why she needs to date you. You got to sell your kids on why they need to eat their broccoli and not a cookie. You got to sell yourself on why you need to get up early and not sleep in and hit snooze. You got to sell yourself on why you need to hit the gym and why you got to eat clean. You got to sell yourself on everything every single day and the people around you. So everything in life is sales. So learn how to sell, learn how to convince, learn how to persuade, right? And learn how to influence because that's life. Okay. And number two, put in the freaking work, put in the freaking work, right? Because even if you're not that talented, if you outwork everybody, everybody that's in your way, you're eventually going to pass everyone else up. How many hours a week did you, would you say you worked when you first started out just to give people 70, 70, 75. I never took a Sunday off my first year. I worked seven days a week. If I took a Sunday off, I felt freaking guilty. And I hated that feeling and I wasn't as good in the beginning as some of the veterans that had been here for a year or two. But again, in my mind, I always thought this, I'm like, okay, if I do my last door knock, if I do my last door knock at 9 PM, if I get, if I do my last sales presentation at 9 PM, right? I know 95% of the agency, 95% of the company has already went home. So as long as I continue to do those 9 PMs and 10 PMs, I'm already getting ahead. If I show up on Saturday morning to do dials and to do presentations, I know 95% of the, the, the company is not doing that. They're sleeping in, they're going out, they're partying. I know sure as hell on Sundays, no one's working. So if I show up every Sunday and putting a little bit more work, a little bit more effort, I'm only going to get better. And eventually I'm going to pass everybody up. Mm, I mean, just off the bat, you're, you're making... 30, 40, 50 X amount of calls more than everybody else. Like you're setting yourself up. You talked about, you know, like seven out of 10 times you fail, but like those three is all you need. Like that's a 300 average in baseball, right? That was always the old analogy. Like it doesn't matter. The more you work, the more successful you're going to be. And obviously the failures are going to come with it. So that, 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 that's awesome, man. And I want to thank you so much for uh, again, taking the time here today. Uh, to talk to me. And I hope I won't be too much of an annoyance. But as I start out in this, now that I have your phone number, I'm definitely going to be picking your brain a little bit uh, about what you do, because I'll, I'll be grateful to be as happen as successful as you've been over the past four or five years, man. It's awesome. I appreciate that. I thank you for all the kind of words. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. DC is like a brother to me. So whatever you need from me, you got my number, call me, text me, hit me up. I'm always here to teach and coach and help out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.